Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. What's up, Confluencers? Welcome back to another episode of Confluence, the lifestyle, a playground to connect a community of women by using our gifts, skills, and talents. I hope all is well in your world and your June is jovial and jolly. Mine was until I woke up with a pink eye. Now, turns out that I don't really have a pink eye but a bacterial eye infection. Them goddamn eyelashes, baby. You know, you know we try to get, you know, several wears out of a one-use lash, but I think I've learned my lesson. My grandma used to say, bought sense is better than gave. And honey, I've learned the hard way. So I'm self-quarantined again, not because I have COVID or COVID symptoms, but because I look like It looked like I've been in a fight and somebody punched me in my eye and I didn't get a chance to hit them back. So y'all pray for me as I nurse my eye back to health. Them damn lashes. I hope you had an opportunity to listen to last week's episode with Lucy Chakora. That was a really good podcast. It was very informative and it was filled with great, powerful tips. Remember, it's a movement, not a moment. Do not let their deaths go in vain. Let's remember to say their name. And let me tell you something. I believe our ancestors are proud. Nat Turner, Marcus Garvey, Langston Hughes, Martin, Malcolm, Maya, and countless others are smiling down saying, now our children are up. They are awake. There is political unrest and civil unrest that has erupted around the nation after the death of George Floyd, who died at the hands of a white police officer. Why? Because he had his knee on his neck. But guess what? That is very parallel to America. America has had their knee on our neck and we are tired of being stifled and we are ready to breathe. And with the presidential election coming up in less than six months, we're speaking out. We're speaking up and we are ready to make a change. 2020, you know, we thought it was going to be the year of the perfect vision. But this is the vision that God had. I truly believe that all of this was orchestrated by the hands of God. I'm that Christian. Yeah, I know a lot has happened and a lot has gone wrong, but All things, I say it a lot on this podcast, all things, not some things, but all things work together for the good of those that love him and that are the called with a purpose. Y'all, we got purpose and it's time for us to move. It's time for us to groove. It's time for us to say, it's time for us to stand up. It is time to let our voices be heard. The blinders are off and America is listening. We got them, y'all. They're listening. Ain't your mama 
Uncle Ben's cream of wheat have acknowledged criticism with racist roots. I mean, even Land O'Lakes is changing the Native American face. Y'all, they're listening. They're changing brands and logos. Now is the time. This is the place. That's why this week's podcast is different. I followed the spirit of my soul. My heart broke when I saw a video on social media of a young black boy that was playing basketball outside of his home. He saw the cops coming down the street. And when they got closer, he hid behind his parents' car until they fully passed. Whoo! That did something to me. As a mom, as a mom of a black boy, that did something to me. Like our sons are afraid to go outside and play, to go to the store, to mind their own business, to fraternize in public places. The African-American male is the most endangered species. That's why I've taken it as a charge, as a mom, to rise up. You know how hard it is to raise a son in America. It is heart-wrenching. It is scary. Downright scary. I think about my son every day. When he walks home from school, he is one that likes to wear hoodies, have headphones on, look at his phone. But I'm teaching him to watch, fight and pray. Look at your environment. Langston Hughes wrote this poem in 1926, and it still reigns true in 2020. I, too, sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to the kitchen when company comes. But I laugh and eat well and grow strong. We are no longer invisible. Our black boys grow up to be men and we cannot teach them to continuously to be invisible. They too sing America. I've learned that some things haven't changed. And I started this series entitled Raising a Black Boy in America. Let's go listen to these mothers. Hello, my name is Daria and I am the mother of two African-American young men. 118 and 113. And unfortunately, I have had to have some very uncomfortable conversations with them, specifically about police brutality and hate crimes. Um, first, I just tell them to pray, stay prayed up, um, and to not hate because. As we can see all over social media, all over the news, that there are a lot of good people in this world. 
and a few bad apples does not spoil the whole bunch. So I encourage them to stay prayed up and to most importantly, not hate. Also, um, I encourage them to educate themselves more on the laws and their rights as a citizen. Um, there may come a day where they have to face a police officer and they need to know how to conduct themselves accordingly to where it does not end in their untimely death. Um, as uncomfortable as it sounds, I had to have that conversation with them multiple times. And I have to reiterate that they, um, how important it is for them to understand their rights. I also um, want to talk about um, protesting and rioting. I encourage protesting because it allows our voices to be heard. It allows people that don't understand the situation to come together to help each other understand and to help make our voices one and help us to be heard. And it allows us to understand um, that people that we elect in our local communities, it helps us to understand their values and their standards so we know who to choose in office to where they will know how to make the right decisions for our communities. And I think it's very important to protest when rendered. Um, but rioting, looting is not the answer. Basically, you're stealing, you're destroying, you're vandalizing. Those things are a crime. And at the end of the day, taxpayers, we as taxpayers, um, they hold us responsible for things like that. Voting is very important, just as important as protesting. And I think voting is important on not just voting for the president of the United States, but also to vote for our local officials. It allows our voices to be heard and if we come as one and we elect people that we can trust, people that we know that will make the right decisions, people that we know have good morals and standards and have the word of God to guide them and uh, help them make the right decisions, things can go a lot more smoothly. I just pray that we will overcome this. And encouraging all of our young African-American men and women that are our future, I encourage you to use your knowledge. Educate yourselves. The knowledge that God has given you, use that as power. Use God, the word of God, as a guiding tool to, to stamp out hate and to promote love to live, to fight another day. We shouldn't have to fight, but it guides us, it helps us, it helps us to fight another day. My name is Sharmia and I have one son who will head to middle school in the fall. 
some conversations that I've had and uh, that we've had in our household uh, to prepare my son have been around awareness, awareness of who he is and what he is and where he is at all times. I speak to him directly about overt and subtle racism. He's fairly shy by nature, so it's important for me um, that he recognizes all forms of racism and that he isn't um, naive to the fact that someone may be, um, you know, subtly um, uh, projecting racism um, for him. But most importantly, I, I have conversations about making sure that he understands the confident black young man that, that he is. My thoughts on the protest and riots um, were initially surprised. There was a bit of shock in seeing cities and businesses and properties burn. But through the blaze of the fires, I started to feel the anger and the pain of the protesters and the rioters and just what, what, what everything that was there. Not that I didn't necessarily feel it before and initially, but now my dial was really set to the disbelief and the heartbreak and the pain. Um, my thoughts on the upcoming election are that I believe things start at the local level. Um, I, I don't know that this next election is going to be the most impactful one. While POTUS is one of the most powerful positions in the country, the work and reform starts closer to home. I'd really like to stop this cycle of Republican versus Democrat and the lack of bipartisanship that occurs across our laws and bills being passed. We have to learn how to reach across the aisle and we need leadership that demands better for everybody. I'm tired of politicians' personal agendas and all the pre-made promises that simply just end up being self-serving. And finally, the last question, which I will say is probably the most difficult question because I really don't find, I struggle to find something encouraging about the status of our country right now. For me, it's going to take a lot more protest and um, just showing up and more more action as opposed to, to lip and word service. I feel like there's a an underlying um, waiting game for people to say, oh, well, when is this going to be over? Kind of like COVID, it's not, or we don't know. So with that said, I think that there are many judicial and health and education reforms that all need to happen. Our heads should be spinning at trying to understand legislative law right now. There should be so many drafts of reform bills coming out that we can't see straight. That That's what it would encourage me. That's what would be encouraging in this moment. So if that takes, you know, months, years, several hundred days, then I think that it's important that we, um, you know, keep encouraging each other to not give up the fight, not give up. That That's what I would say. Hello, my name is Ashley Smalls, and I have an, a three-year-old African-American son. Um, and having conversations with him at this point about, you know, current events and things, he doesn't understand those. But we went for a walk in our neighborhood um, in solidarity across the nation and walked um, our two miles um, regarding Mr. Aubrey and talking with him and explaining to him why we were walking um, and letting him know that 
this young man is no longer here and we are walking in dedication of him. And he said, mommy, but why is he not here? And I explained to him that someone took his life and he said, mommy, he's up there. And I said, yes, he's in heaven. I pray that he's in heaven. Um, and, but talking with him during that walk and explaining to him and just having regular conversations since he's only three, um, just about us loving people and us caring for people. Um, but in my mind and watching him ride that bike that day, um, really broke my heart to know that this young man would no longer go back to his mom but I'm watching my three-year-old ride his bike and enjoy this moment in the neighborhood and it was it was very heartbreaking I mean all of the tragedies that have happened with young males and and, and young women across this nation is tragedy to think that those could be my sister or my brothers or any of that and um but having those I think small conversations and continuing to have conversations and to think I will have a conversation with my son as he continued probably in the next couple of years of explaining to if something happens this should be your reaction and it's heartbreaking but I know that that has to happen um because of his skin color unfortunately As far as my thoughts on the protests and riots that are happening across the nation, um, our African-American brothers, our brown and black brothers and sisters are are tired of, of waking up or going to sleep at night and hearing about the tragedies across our nation that are happening at the hands of police officers, at the hands of other individuals um, for no reason. Our, our brothers and sisters that have died over the last s several years didn't have to die. Um, but they died in, in most times in a tragic way at a fault of, of, of another person who didn't didn't value life or value that person's life. They saw that they're, you know, because they were in a higher position that they ruled the situation or they should have taken it um I guess in a, a different way, and they did by taking the lives of those. So with the riot and um, protesting going on, I think that, you know, it is time for us to put some action um, behind the things that are going on. And I understand the protesting and the it has to be done and you know but we have to figure out strategically um put an action and put though and put our feet to the ground and get to work and to be able to make sure that our my son at three years old now in the future hopefully doesn't have to deal with these type of realities that we are dealing with and that our former generations have dealt with for years I think that voting in this upcoming election is going to be critical and crucial for our nation and for just our people in general. So I think that individuals need to understand that our ancestors, our previous generations fought for us to be in the polls and to, to be able to have a voice on that day and that we shouldn't take that lightly, that we educate ourselves about who the individuals are that we're putting into office and that they work for the people. Not because they're talking a good talk when they are trying to get to that seat or get into that White House or to whatever um, political realm they're getting into, but that we hold them accountable 
accountable. So I think that it is very important that we educate ourselves one on the candidates and make sure that we are coming together collectively to make a decision that will hopefully help our nation. And words of encouragement that I would tell my son living in America is that you continue to strive to be better and don't let anyone take what you are away from you, that you stand and you be a strong black man and that you do what is right. My name is Laquita Barnes. I'm an educator, real estate investor, daughter, wife, and most importantly, I'm a mother of a black son. A son that has grown up knowing and aware of what was going on in the world and having those tough age-appropriate conversations, such as what happens when someone doesn't want to play with you because of the color of your skin. What is the N-word? What happens if someone calls you the N-word? What happens when you see an adult is treating you differently than other students? So my son has always been aware that there will be obstacles in this world that he would have to face because of the color of his skin. And unfortunately, I can't shield him from that. It's been important for me that my son knows his history, America's history and his black history, because it's often stated history can repeat itself if not corrected. And we see that so recently with the recent cases of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey. When we don't educate people and we allow racism to exist. After learning about George Floyd, we continue to have those tough conversations and explaining to my son his rights, which has been the difficult thing because although he knows his rights, my fear is that one day someone will intimidate him and challenge him his rights as a human being and as a U.S. citizen. My son's questions have shifted recently. Most recently, he asked, should I be afraid? Which is a hard question to answer when you know that someone, most importantly, a police officer, may not have my son's best interest at heart. That they may not know that he is a kind young man with a gentle heart that he truly just wants to see people for the content of their character and not based upon their race, color, creed, or religion preference. I'm afraid that they won't see the young man that he is destined for greatness with bold dreams beyond my imagination, that they won't see him as that, a young black man. Like so many people, I'm hurt, I'm frustrated, I am tired of the same fights. I'm tired of proving our mere existence on this earth as a black citizen, most importantly, as a black woman. I support the protest scene around the world, but my question has always been, what is next? For me, my next steps include voting, rallying my community to put their power behind their voices not only in the national election, but also local elections. We have to believe in the process and holding people accountable. We must hold our mayors, police chiefs, congressmen and women accountable for change and oversight. We must request legislative changes on state and federal levels. We must put the people in power to support these changes, 
to address criminal justice reform, racial wealth and income gaps, health disparities in our communities, making sure we have quality education resources for all scholars. We've seen what can happen when we don't have the right people in place. So to America, I say to you, I know that you are hurt. I know that you are frustrated and I know that you are tired. But what's next? Again, history can repeat itself if we don't do anything about it. Hello, this is Jamika, and I have one seven-year-old son. And the conversations that I had with him about being black in America or about privilege or more so his lack of privilege and just discussing with him how he really can't do everything that some of his friends do because he's really the only um, black kid in his friend group just due to where we live. So I have been told by the teachers that a lot of times when chaos is going on in the classroom that he will distance himself from the chaos. So the conversations definitely seem to be working. In addition, I already talked to him about just working harder. I know that is something that sometimes we don't want to acknowledge, but we really do have to work twice as hard just to get the same things. And so I really try to insist that he work hard and really just do the right thing. I will say from my observation that he just has a lot of pride in being um, a black boy. He really loves to see people that look like him. and He gets really excited about that. And that makes me so prideful when he's excited to see people that um, look like him and have black friends and watch black shows and we read a lot of black books so we go to the library and he always picks like who is Malcolm X or who was Martin Luther King Jr. who was Harriet Tubman and so that's just very important um, to him. With respect to the protests that are going on now I think they're very important that our voices are heard. I want to make sure that we also have a firm actionable plan that comes out of the protests with respect to the instigators or the opportunities who are taking advantage of the protest in an attempt to make people of color look bad or take over the protest for their reasons or to riot and to steal, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think property damage is the way to move us forward, although I do agree with the peaceful protest. With that being said, I do understand a lot of the frustration that people have out on the street and how some of the things that are being done to agitate them by um, the police will cause things to escalate because the police definitely are not de-escalating situations. It appears that in some situations that they're escalating them. It's important to vote all the time, but with respect to this election, the person that we have in office right now definitely has shown time and time again that he does not believe in equality for everyone in the United States of America. So I hope that everyone gets together to vote him out. But more importantly than voting um, out our president, we should also be focusing on our local elections where we have our prosecutors and our mayors and people who put our sheriffs in place. And so we have to vote from top to bottom. And we really have to be focused on voting in every election, just not presidential elections, but our local and our national elections. With respect to some words of encouragement that I would like to give my son, who I love dearly, I would just say, put your faith in God and just stay positive because we can see 
that every generation things get better and things will also get better for the next generation as long as my generation continues to fight. Hi, my name is Jackie Onochi and I have one son, EJ, and he is 24 years old. Uh, his first encounter with racism came at third grade. His best friend was Caucasian. One day they were on the playground wrestling and a white male teacher saw this and immediately ran, grabbed my son up by his collar, pushed him against the fence, um, terrified him took him to the office, said that he was attacking another student. And the other student who, who was his best friend told the teacher that, no, we were just wrestling, you know, we were playing, uh, but he didn't want to hear that. So um, when I picked him up from school, he was really, really shaken up. He was nervous. His voice was trembling. I asked him what was wrong. He told me what happened. I immediately turned the car around, went back, uh, found the teacher, started off with some kind words, but ended up not being so kind because of the way he responded to, you know, to me. Um, so from there out, we had to have that conversation with our son that, you know, everybody's not treated fairly. And, um... So we had to prepare him for what was to come, for things like how you wear your clothes, um, your body gestures, um, when you're driving in your car, make sure you have all of your information current, uh, make sure you don't have on a hoodie, make sure there's no more than one other person in the car with you, um, just a lot of things that people of other races don't have to deal with. So um, he heard us, but I don't think he really, really experienced it any more seriously until he went to college. Once he got to college, um, his godmother had given him her car once she passed away. She left her car for him, and it was that... Um, Park Avenue, the kind of car that a lot of black males drive, and the windows were tinted. Um, he was stopped uh, 11 times in one year at his college. And so uh, we decided that, you know, that was a little bit too dangerous for him. Even though he never got any tickets, he was just stopped um, because he met a certain profile african-american male driving park avenue with tinted windows so we decided to tell him to come home um because he had gotten stopped by a police officer once and the police officer wasn't really nice to him so we said just come home tomorrow um we took him to the dealership we got him a new car and he wasn't stopped again so the next year there he was not stopped one time he had a dodge dart 
So and he still drives that car now. But um, it's just profiling black males. Uh, he experienced that a lot. Um, I think that it is very, very, very important for all people to vote, and us especially as African Americans, because not just on the um, presidential level, but on all levels, city, county, state, because those are the people who are making decisions. Those are the judges who are sentencing our sons to prison, you know. Those are the uh, legislators that are making laws. Um, So we need to vote not every four years, but every two years. And we have that power to do that. We just have to do it. I really hate that when Barack Obama was in office, we went out in record numbers and voted him in. But then two years later, when it was time to vote in, um, the the state representatives, we didn't go to vote. And uh, that plays a huge part in how our country is ran. So I think it's very, very, very important for us to vote. Um, I think that um, we try and encourage our son by saying that, you know, with God, all things are possible. He was raised in a Christian home. And we teach him to work hard and be prepared for opportunities. And we kind of use the analogy with him that if a football player, if a receiver um, is not practicing, no matter how many times and how straight the quarterback throws the ball to him, if he has not had preparation, he won't be able to receive it. So you have to be in position to receive um, once your opportunities come. So uh, sending him to college, uh, prepping him, teaching him to be kind, uh, to be giving, to be considerate of other people, all those things um, we're teaching him to make sure that he has the tools that he needs in order to succeed against all the odds that are presented to him. Woo! Wow. Just wow. Thank you, ladies, for sharing your heart with the ladies of Confluence because it's about lifting as we climb and that was so heartfelt. I felt your pain and we gotta heal our pain, guys. And we gotta do it together. We are better together. You know why I did this podcast? Because I have a lot of Confluencers that are mothers. We are striving to get our businesses, but on a home front, we are mothers as well. And I felt that. I hope you did too. Thank you for being with me this week. I appreciate you so very much. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. And I'm standing in it. And I ain't moving. Because this is uncomfortable conversation. But we should have been having long time ago. We have shaken America to the core. And we don't stop until they give us more. 
that's it for me this week. Until then, be blessed and a blessing to others. Smooches, confluencers.